Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hey, what's going on, Archons? Welcome to a, another episode of Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I have one of the OG Help from Future Self members coming back today. And no, it's not Alex. It is the Wheeling Keyforger Rick. What's going on, buddy? Hey, not too much. It's been a hot minute. So I, when I was asked, I thought, yeah, I'm definitely in on this. Yeah, you are definitely long overdue for a return. And uh, today we're actually going to be following up based on the most recent article that Ghost Galaxy has released, which was an update to some of the cards and effects that have been previously stated. They gave a really nice uh, gallery of cards to look at, and I specifically use the term gallery because for those of you who did not realize that first set of cards they were showing actually has a arrow on it on either side under the great renaming title there are arrows on either side of the card and you can actually scroll through and see the things that are mentioned within the article for those of you who have not realized that yet but it uh it's been floating around the community now that that exists um since Rick is coming on, uh, him and I decided to do some classic segments based on the cards here. So if you looked at this article and specifically avoided a lot of things because of spoilers, this will be a spoiler episode, but nothing that was not in the article. We just decided to do some fun uh, would-you-rather over-under type segments for this episode. And uh, just, you know, bring back the classic vibe of Help from Future Self, which we have not done in a while and usually happens around a new set coming out. So, Rick, uh, are you excited to do this? Absolutely, I am. I, at first, wasn't so sure how I was going to... I mean, once I read the article, I was like, eh, doesn't seem like that. I can understand why they needed to do the changes, but I, I would have been fine either way, to be honest, yeah. myself. Yeah, I mean, let's let's get into into these changes. So, are you which changes are you referring to the the reap the after reap after fight effect? Those and the renaming. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, so one thing I'll say is the renaming is I get it, and the defender one, which is the sanctum token that they renamed instead yep. of it being knight because of the trait and i mean i think there's cards out there that you can specifically destroy something based on the trait and that's probably where things got a little dicey or they're just looking ahead which is nice because i don't think that happened in the past and um, i i believe also they had a token named scout and they've already got a card so yep so if you're going to named thing i could see that being an issue I, I just thought it was a missed opportunity with Defender to not make it a taunt creature being called. Yes, Defender. you thought that too. <laughs> I I can definitely see that. I like I didn't think about it, but I can absolutely see that as soon as you said it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, that that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, a card that I didn't fully understand because they mentioned it, and uh, I never saw the the card gallery until we were prepping for the episode. So when I initially read this article, I missed that you could scroll through. And did you notice the Emberling when you scrolled through? Like they mentioned it, but I didn't see what the Emberling actually was. I believe I saw the the name, but I didn't I don't remember seeing a photo. 
So it's a token creature from Star Alliance, and it's pretty cool. It only has one power. It cannot reap, but it says you may spend Emberling as if it were Ember in your pool. Discard it, ignoring ward. So it's basically like a living piece of Ember on the battlefield. And I think there's going to be some cool decks that come out from that happening. And you can basically create some some really fun interaction, I think, with those. So I, I'm actually really stoked to get some Emberling decks now. That's kind of like That's going to be super fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. And I, myself, I would consider that part of the Rush deck umbrella. So mm, that's, okay. and that's my play style. So I'm looking real forward to that. Yeah, especially with some ways you can create tokens. Uh, now, how have you felt about the communication of Ghost Galaxy since they've taken over? I've absolutely been loving it, considering what we had with the former owners of said IP. <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> like this, this one I thought was quite an interesting article because it was basically like, hey, you've seen some things and now we're changing it. Yeah. And this is the reason why and giving the clarity. I, I thought that was a really nice move uh, by the team to just kind of have that sort of transparency of why things need to happen. And then explaining also like the fact that play testing has caused this change as well, I think is really neat. Mm-hmm. And um with that being said, what about the past articles, Rick? What are, what are those been been for you as a Keyforge player? Like, how how have they changed? I guess your perspective, enhanced. Like, what have they done for you and Keyforge? Um, I have definitely enjoyed getting more articles and more information. Um, I I like spoilers, but I also like sealed. I like just opening it up and seeing what stuff is. But I like the spoilers because I take time to learn things and see how they interact. So I like the spoilers because it gives me that extra bit of time to work my brain around how things work. But I also enjoy the sealed aspect where I'm opening something brand new and I've got to figure it out. Because I like right. I like to think, but most of the time, I don't like to think too hard. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's. I would agree that the spoilers are are nice after being in the dark for so long. I mean, yeah. I I personally remember for Dark Tidings, like avoiding all spoilers and then just enjoying the game as it went. But for this, I've I've kind of had to digest a lot of spoilers just because it's been so long since we've gotten to enjoy new Keyforge cards and things of that nature. So it's it's really brought that side out again. But I'm trying not to look too deep. It's just more anything they're showing. So I, I honestly yeah. haven't looked too deep into the the game found uh, spoilers that were done when everyone was given cards. I've tried to kind of look at those a little bit less. Actually what I'm really excited about talking about that about the game found is they said that Every backer is going to get a packet of cards. I wasn't exactly oh, yeah. sure what they meant ab- about that, but I was like, "Ooh, I like this idea." Yeah, yeah. The packet. I think it was the cards um, from the that could be in future sets, right? Is that okay. what you're talking about? I, I think so. I I wasn't sure if it was this set or a future set or what it was. Yeah, I believe it's like stuff that could exist. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm sure our listeners will will correct us. 
uh, in the Discord, if not. But yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I remember that was that was pretty neat. So so it'll be almost like a possible anomalies, I guess, that we're getting, maybe? Yeah, I think it is something like that. Which is exciting. Yeah, the news we've been getting has been has been a, a nice change of pace, and yeah. uh, I'm sure it won't it won't last forever. But no, nope, uh, it been, won't. It's been nice as something to to have in the meantime, and uh, the the re, the great renaming I thought was quite a nice a nice thing to do, as well as to get to see some new cards here and the before fight and after fight. How what was your interpretation of that change do you think that was a necessary thing that needed to happen or that it was kind of good for it was fine the way it was a little bit of column a and a little bit of column b at my first initial reaction was you don't need this and then i looked at it a little bit i'm like oh i can see some cases where you might need it Mm, to, to just help clarify timing zones and whatnot if you okay. remember way back, they had the timing chart. Oh yeah, totally. They they had um, those timing charts, and they were just you needed it. But I think I knew a lot of people who I introduced to the game the whole fight effect, and they were like, "What do you mean? Like I should get the effect?" They 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 really didn't understand that the survival was. Key. Yeah, I think the the after reap I don't think was as necessary, but it just made sense to follow along with that sort of action sort of effect it just yeah that that was my that was my thing i i didn't think the after reap was like that really isn't necessary but for new players that might not get it right away yeah i think it's just it's just a consistency see uh, idea for this so that's it makes sense in in that regard now um there's one card I wanted to talk about before we get into our segments here. And okay. that is the Trouble with Tangeka. So are you familiar with that card? It's the 25 power unfathomable creature. Again, some sea monsters coming out of the woodwork now. I wasn't that that or that uh I didn't know much about it, but I read the stuff, so I'm like, yeah, I can see where they're thinking on that. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be um, one of these creatures that follows into the Khalifi Dragon, yeah, thing of uh, side of things where you know if you when you get it out you're gonna be like yes I got it out but it's always going to be a bit of a discard probably more so than play scenario, mm-hmm. which is uh, unfortunate but I think it'll be interesting. We'll see. After I wonder how many cultists come in decks, you know, or I guess they're they're tokens, so that will be the token of your your deck with Tangeka, which also, I guess, creates a really cool opportunity. So if you, we think about other things in the past with something like this, where you have multiple creatures in the deck, mm-hmm. like a uh, the Tentaclid and what's the card? An Omnibus. Yeah. yeah, so it ended up taking up space. We're now with a token aspect. It's actually not taking up any card slots in your, your deck. You just get to utilize it. Yeah. as the token generation to get to that point. So I think I think that's a, an interesting change using tokens as opposed to just having less cards in the deck because they're being taken up by that sort of slot. So I, I'm I'm excited for for that side of things. Mm-hmm. With tokens in that regard. But uh let's go on to our our 
classic segments. So, Rick, you are are you doing over unders or would you rather's? Uh, I'm doing over unders because they seem for me the easiest thing for my brain to conceptualize at the moment. Perfect. That sounds good. So, why don't you start off with your first one and then I'll follow up afterwards. Okay, I will look it up here. My first one is uh, Batteryl. I think I'm not sure if I'm getting these names right or not, but... Uh, Batteryl of the Grey, that one? Of the Grey, yes. It is a three-power sanctum creature, human monk, after reap, ready each disciple. And it's got two armor as well. Yes, sorry about and, that. Three power, two armor. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I think there's going to be a lot of we'll see, as there tends to be. But I think this is going to depend on how many disciples you get in the deck. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, is a disciple a a token? Was that what it was? Yeah, here's the I believe it is, yeah. gets plus one power and plus one armor for each monk neighbor it has. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it just could be a... I think it's going to be a reap, a reap sort of scenario there where you yep. can reap with both those and then you get to reap with this. So um, that's pretty cool. I think it could be really fun. And I guess there's, it could be potentially three, the disciples could potentially be three power. Sorry, no. Yeah, it could be three power, two armor, just like yep. Material the Grey. So I think yep. that's interesting that it replicates Material the Grey, the disciple, if you have them. Um, fully stocked out, so that's that is pretty cool. Um, I also i i kind of tend to get a merwolf or something of that nature, where it, the more you have, the better the card gets. Yeah, I see. I'm not saying. sure if yeah. I explained that properly, but no, I, I know what you mean. Because when you have more more wolves, it's going to trigger a greater effect when you do it, and you can yeah, because every yeah every time the new one comes in, they all they all ready again. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's so a- whenever you reap with material, it's going to ready all those disciples again that you can then again reap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that. So it's to get a double reap out of it. So I know that falls into the line of play you like to do, Rick. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so is this going to be an over for you or an under? Uh, I'm going to go with we'll see, but I think it'll be an over. Yeah, I think it'll be an over too. The The only we'll see part will, I think, fall into how many cards you have that do token creation. I yeah. think that's really what it's going to decide is, is how many cards are we going to have that are going to create the ability to have these tokens come out. Yes. And that we don't really know as much of at the moment. Um, I'm going to go with a over under for me and um so here's a question for you there is a card called borka rick it's a mars card with four power and it says each time a mars card is discarded from your hand make a token creature and the flavor text says join me and the revolution will never die great text um what do you think about this one rick I kind of like that it's got my name in it, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it that that shouldn't be too bad. Um, that I've never really been a 
yay, let's go Mars, gung-ho guy. But I think mm-hmm. that might lean me a little bit more to liking Mars a bit because it seems like it'll be a it'll be a good card. So do you think it will overperform or underperform? I think it'll overperform. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. The only thing I don't know is like, does this mean you have Mars creatures? Because I'd like this card potentially if maybe it didn't apply to a Mars token. Mm-hmm. If it was a different, I think it could be really interesting because when a Mars card is like, I don't know if this is triggered to be with a Mars token, but I mean, if it's with a Mars token, that means you can essentially get non-Mars cards out of your hand and create Mars cards as a token creature, which I think could yep. be really good and have a really heavy Mars board. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm very excited to see how Mars plays in this new set because so far it's looking pretty spicy. But Yeah, uh, I, and I, I, I really definitely know. like spice, so... Yeah, don't we all, right? Everyone likes yep. the, the flavorful food. Um, yeah. The... The Mars, I think, in past we all have had our feelings where you know it's it's uh it can be very hit or miss yeah. when you get a deck, but for the most part you're you seem to be burned in the past. So I'm hoping that that has been rectified and they've given Mars a little more clout in this next set. But yeah, I think this could be very much an overcard. The only thing that I think will determine the situation is do the do are there cards that exist to help you discard aside from your ability to discard cards from the house of your turn well i guess it has to be a mars card but i mean you know what i mean if you could discard cards that weren't mars or sorry that play discard card abilities during a non-mars turn i think that's where this would have the greatest effect oh yeah probably Okay, so what is your next card you have, Rick? As we discussed earlier, I love Untamed. I'm a huge nipple person, so I'm going with the Upgrade Nipple Paw. Get an Ember. It's from the new house. This creature gains after Reap. Destroy this creature and attach Nipple Paw to another creature. Now, my, my thought was, do you put this on your creatures or your opponent's creatures? Because it says destroy the creature. And so I wouldn't want to destroy my creatures. So I would think that you would put it on your opponent. But I also uh, think it, it yeah, might. I think, I think that is exactly correct. I think that's how you could use it or use a destroy trigger on one. Very of true. Creatures. Yes. Yeah, it could be like that, and then you could keep going across. And I know there's a bunch of tokens that have destroyed triggers, but mm-hmm. yes, I suppose you could put it, uh, destroy this creature and attach an Niffle Pot to another. The only thing is, um, I guess it would go down to you own the upgrade. Would you get to choose, or would it be the, the player who used the reap ability get to choose? Yeah, that I'm so, unsure of. So that's the one thing, but I think I think it's a it's going to provide a lot of really interesting decisions in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you think this one's going to be an over or an under? Due to the unsuredness of what we just said, I believe it'll be a little bit under, but that'll only be at the beginning when this has first come out until we learn how to play it better. But yeah, at I first, mean- it'll be an under. 
I, I think this one, the the over-under will actually be deck-dependent. I think yeah. it could overperform. Uh, if if you have something with a lot of destroyed abilities that you could really abuse with this and just daisy-chain it across and get some really cool stuff going that way, yeah. I think it could really overperform. Uh, but if if maybe you don't have a lot, and I still like the idea of putting it on opponent's creature and then getting to have it only get a one-time use, uh, but I, but if they get the choice of you know putting on your creature afterwards, mm-hmm. then then that could get one of your best creatures gone. Out yeah, of exactly. So, yeah, but if you can set up a board where they you have nothing, and if they reap with that creature, then they have to put on their own. I mean, you know, all the power. So I, I think this is going to be one of those cards that is a little more dependent, and it's not mm-hmm. a very strict answer of its over or under. So I'm I'm very excited for this card though. Like I'd love to get this card in the deck. I think it looks really cool and has great flavor. Yeah. Okay, so for my last segment, I actually wanted to go with a "Would you rather," Rick? Okay, I like I like picking these. I don't like offering them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with a card from the past to go with a card spoiled here in the present. So the "Would you rather" is first going to be the Equidon card called. Shopping spree. It's an action card that says play, discard your hand, and draw a card for each card discarded this way. And I looked at that earlier today and I was like, hmm. So I, I actually really like this card um, for the cycle aspect because we lost logos. So that's going to provide this. So we can talk about this aspect of the card because this isn't an over-under. You're going to have to choose between the other one. Yeah. And discard your hand this actually plays into my first card that i talked about borka rick because it says each time a mars card is discarded from your hand make a token mm-hmm. so if that's in play and you use this card and you discard some mars cards you could have some fun interactions in that regard as well i agree but this just alone for being able to cycle and draw because you're getting maybe cards you don't really care about in your hand away, and then you're getting to get more cards, and then you could potentially have more Equidon cards to play. So there's the factor of you can you know, do some of the the probability of getting more Equidon cards mm-hmm. happening. Uh, so I do like this card. I think I think this is going to be a really good card, no matter what. Like If this was over-under, this would be an over for me, without a yeah. doubt. Now, the other card I want to go to is a Star Alliance card that came out in Mass Mutations. It's also an action card, and you do get a pip. And it says play. It's called Hold the Line. It says play. If there are more enemy creatures than friendly creatures, draw cards equal to the difference. Which card would you rather have, Rick? Because I think I would it, rather have the, the Borka Rick. You mean the shopping spree? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> shopping spree. <laughs> I don't know where I was thinking Borka Rick. My you want to have that Borka Rick effect uh, go off with it. I think you? so. <laughs> and since I can't really seem to get a deck with my name, I'll take the Borka Rick as a card with my name. <laughs> <laughs> so you like Shopping Spree overhold the line? Yes. Let's say Borka Rick wasn't part of the equation. Would you still choose Shopping Spree? <laughs> I, will, I would. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I would agree with you. I have a deck that I use that I have to discard things from my hand quite frequently that maybe in most cases I would play, mm-hmm. but the ability to just cycle through things faster, I actually find to be quite 
advantageous, even if you are having that short-term loss of those cards in your hand. So I really like this card for that instance because you're you really are truly cycling quite a bit more with your deck. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm going with shopping spree. I think hold the line is really nice as a as a comeback card, but I just think shopping spree is going to put in a lot of work, and it's it's really helping aid the lack of logos efficiency. So uh, I'm a big fan of it, and I I think uh, this card is going to be amazing in decks, and I can't wait to see them. Yes, absolutely. So uh, that's going to do it for the discussion of this week's episode but of course we cannot end an episode without the titular segment we call this one help from future self Self. and i actually have one this week so rick you and i had the pleasure this past week of testing out some alliance decks that we had created and not seen how they work correct correct and it was a lot of fun, actually. I'm I'm starting to come around to Alliance, and I when you're listening to this, I'll have released a couple of videos on my YouTube going over Alliance and my deck creation of Alliance. And I learned something, and this is actually an Alliance help from future self. So I had a deck that I have always liked to play, but it had zero Ember control. Big problem with the deck because it always ended up just not having enough to give me the couple extra turns I needed to to pull things out. Uh-huh. So I ended up taking this deck, which was a double might makes right house in, in this, and it has a lot of big creatures. And, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was like, you know what? Let's make this really awesome. I want to make a deck where I actually don't need Ember to forge keys. So yep. what I did was I took a the Might Makes Right. So it's a double Might Makes Right deck. And then I put in a Genka as well, which happened to also have two nine-powered, um, what are they called? The the Yixel? I don't know. It's I can't remember the, the name of them yeah. off the top of my head. But it's it's nine the nine-powered power, yeah. creature with taunt that comes in stunt. So yep. I had two of those. So that's really just adding to the Might Makes Right scenario and then i put in a sanctum house that had some really nice amber control what happened the deck didn't play as well as i thought uh, i thought it was going to work well and and basically i kept one original house and swapped in two more and i was like oh this doesn't feel like this deck anymore like i lost the essence of the deck so i went back to the drawing board and i actually kept two houses from the original deck that i realized this house other house was really important to the composition of what the mic makes right does and everything so i put that back and then i swapped in one more house which was going to be a very strong ember control house i.e shadows and i put Uh that in there and you know what the deck performed way better and i think sometimes if you have a deck that you are familiar with and you're looking i like this but it's missing this i think the best way to start doing changes is to go big actually and remove two houses and keep the one that you really like and then see how it plays and if you notice it doesn't feel right as you're playing go back and put in one more of the original house then swap one and just go one at a time from there but i do recommend potentially going big to start with and then pulling back rather than going incrementally into something because i think you might discover a big change is going to reveal more of what you need than just a small change. So don't be afraid to go big and then make adjustments from there if the deck is something you are familiar with. And if you're not big on doing alliance decks, I recommend this path even more. Keep two houses you really like 
and just swap, swap out one that maybe is lacking some things. I find that is a really nice way to go about the whole alliance strategy without going too far away from maybe the original Keyforge essence if that's something you're not looking uh, to do so much. So hopefully this was helpful. I also went with the go big strategy with my AOA alliance. It's got Mike's Might Right, Might Makes Right, only a single, unfortunately. <laughs> and Genka and the Time Traveler. I yeah, thought go, go big or go home. Yeah, and how did you find it played for you, Rick? Uh, it's definitely fun. I don't know if it was a drawing issue or if I need to go back and look at that deck again, but I didn't do so well with it, but I still found it to be extremely fun. Well, maybe remove one of the, uh, like, obviously you're going to keep your Genka and tri Time Traveler. Maybe remove your Brobnar and put in another house that belonged to one of the other two decks and see how it plays then. Get it back to more of the original of those and try that. That makes sense. I will do that. So that's going to do it for this episode, folks. Um, if you want to reach out to us, the best place is on our Discord. There is a link in the show notes to do so. And if you're not part of the Discord, please do join it. It's uh, got a really nice uh, positive discussion going on there. Lots of fun things. I know Rick is uh, a pretty stalwart moderator there, so you can always reach out to Rick that way. If people wanted to contact you in other ways, Rick, what is the best way? Uh, other than that, I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it that often. The best way that you can probably get me is on TCO as Brickster78. I'm always there. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, for myself, you can find me on my YouTube channel, which is Boulevard Blake. That's BLVD Blake. Or hit me up on Discord, Boulevard Blake, number sign 3840. Hope you've enjoyed this episode, everyone. And we will be back at you next week with another episode of Health from Future Self. But until then, stay forging.